Episode number 70 today, we have an absolute gentleman, an absolute hero. This guy helped so much in the floods in Lismore, Graham Stocktail. He is an absolute legend and a community member, and you're going to hear about it all today in the podcast, but brought to you by Chef Notepad. You're going to need it right now as things are going through the roof with costing. You need to do your costing. Chef Notepad, that's going to allow you all the tools you need to get on top of your food cost. Also, brought to you by Green Endeavor. Green Endeavor is the company that houses the brands Suncoast Fresh and Fruitlink, and we are aiming to create sustainable communities. So let's get into this with Graham. Oh, we're on. <laughs> G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, no, I just uh, live in the dream. Thanks for asking. What, uh, what about yourself? I'm pretty fantastic, actually. Good, good. Um, I live in Brisbane and out, out of the flood. <laughs> and, um, so here we are in beautiful Lismore, right next to the stunning gorgeous Wilston River. Wilston? Is that right? Wilson. Wilson. Wilson, Wilson River. And it's uh, bloody fantastic. So we've just arrived. Wait, um, mate, how long did you work <laughs> on that? <laughs> no, these come natural. It's like oh, why I'm here. That's amazing. Um, yeah, hours. Yeah, no, don't, yeah, no actually, I, I've got to confess, yes. Okay, so we're in your beautiful place, which still looks like a work zone. Uh, how long ago was the flood? How, how many months? Or how, oh, dear, I... I couldn't even tell you if I'm absolutely honest. It's just... When was it? February? Sure. It was February with the flood? Yeah, that was the biggest one. Yeah. And then the second one, did the second one get in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That still went up into the second level of the building again. Right. Uh, It was perfect timing as well because we just finished the actual cleanup. Right. So it was, um, you know, just just get the gurney back out. We're pretty pro at it by that stage, if I'm totally honest. Like, the second cleanup, a lot quicker. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we've been through a few as well. It is it is a, a, weirdly you get some weird energy that you've never had before and you can all of a sudden achieve all your goals and go for a while. <laughs> uh, so the Stockpot Kitchen, um, let, let, we'll, we'll get to that. Everyone knows who you are already. But um, what's going on with, uh, where did we meet? Let's go back to the oh, little bit of the beginning. I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like my first sort of real memory of you was in a little kitchen in the main street of Bangalore, and I reckon we featured you in a in a Fruto's back in the day newsletter, and uh, you were cooking an egg, and I remember that you love crispy edges on your eggs, and it had this <laughs> Worcestershire type sauce thing that you were a massive fan of as well, and um, yeah, I remember having that chat, I remember cooking an egg, and I remember talking about chefs and saying if they can't cook an egg, you know, properly, all the different styles, poached, boiled. Mm-hmm fried and and other and scrambled and all the rest omelets and uh and i could go on for a year about eggs but um yeah and and that's that's where i first remember us really bonding i think it was early days with you and jen uh hmm. back then would that be correct have you got another memory no 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 other memory like i i could verify that one if you like okay verify done right that's where we're at <laughs> okay and then i was your favorite supplier for years and still have been that and we really honestly do appreciate that sam and i um and then the rest of the guys really really thank you for for looking after us with uh, that um well, it's, and, reci- and, it's, it's and, reciprocated mate. yeah yeah it's, it's, it's so love both ways so you had a bit of a love for fire and um mm. is that right yeah yeah i would say borderline pyromaniac when i was a child right yeah always loved it how does that work with a beard yeah, well, if you look carefully, <laughs> one side of it is a little bit short. It always is on a bit of an angle because I stoke the firebox from the same side each time. Right. And so if it's super hot in there, it will it will get a bit of a touch-up. 
Yeah, okay. So mm. is, I've seen people cut hair with fire. That's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, wow. Um, why don't they call you Big Red? Yeah, no, that was... Uh, <laughs> It, it 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 just came about. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with just the the height thing. And uh, years back when it first came about, it was a a friend of mine. His name's Greg Cromwell. You might know him. Yeah, pig farmer Rugby. up in the hills. Rugby. Yep, absolute legend. Uh, yeah, and he just uh, he just started with that. Yeah. Okay. And it stuck. Yeah. So the Bangalore pub still calls me Curly, which is my childhood nickname. <laughs> stuck. So yeah, I played rugby for Bangalore for about three minutes, I think. Uh, not that I was bad, I probably just couldn't afford boots at the time. And um, yeah, that, that stuck, Curly was. And I, I haven't done been there for a couple of years, but last time I went there, some guy got G'day Curly, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> still Curly in Bangalore. Um, that's enough about me. Tell me about why do you love cooking meat? And um, yeah, tell, t- tell me about that. Oh, listen, I, I, I just love to cook. It's not, even, it's not even the meat side of it. Like, you know, we get plenty of veggies. Mm-hmm. You, you would probably be a good person to ask about our our veggie supply even yeah um but any anything over the coals yeah. like i just there's there's something about it um i just I, I don't tire of it you know like i i get up in the morning and i'm amped to come to work yeah you know like light a fire cook some good stuff i just i really love feeding people as well like it just when i was younger it started with the sunday barbecues and then like i there was no way i wasn't going to end up in a kitchen yeah it, it was a pretty sure bet. Yeah. So what are you doing in the way of vegetables over the fire? Tell me about some of the ways you're using vegetables. Uh, um, well, one of my favourites is um, even something like carrots or Jerusalem artichokes are really good. You know, some garlic, some thyme, wrap them in alfoil, drop them in the coals. Yep. Um, you know, a salsa with onion in it that's... You know, you, you don't you don't peel it, you don't wrap it, you just drop it straight on the coals until it's black on the outside, soft in the middle, and like it's just magic. It just turns it into a totally different thing. What Potatoes you- in the coals, like you want me to stop now? No. <laughs> pumpkin in the smoker, like whole pumpkin in the smoker, like I could do that every day of the week. Yeah. I love it as well, and one of the most you know Francis Molman is a, yeah. from uh, where is he? South America somewhere. Yeah amazing, world-renowned chef. And I feel like that's obviously how cooking started. And now we've come all full circle and, and we're doing you know, full pumpkins in the yeah. in the thing. And our tool is a shovel yeah. and, um, you know, metal sticks. It's, there, there's a certain amount of, um, I, I think, you know, when you have a setup like that and everyone can see the barbecue and we have the char grill as well. and. There's a certain amount of um, the theatre that people love as well. Yeah. And and people can relate to it. Like, everyone cooks a friggin' barbecue at home, you know. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, when you go to a restaurant, even, even something like fish and chips. Like, yeah. most people don't get the deep fryer out and batter fish and cook chips at home. Whereas with this sort of stuff, people can relate straight away. Like, the amount of people who, who are like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll get into a bit of this on the weekend. And it, it just starts a, uh, a conversation. And if you're, you know, even half approachable about it, then, yeah. then people are like, they get excited. Yeah. And I get excited. I start waving my hands like an old Italian, you know, like <laughs> I, I, it, I, I could just keep going. You know? Yeah. Um, so what, what, why is it so magical? Like why? Oh, I don't know if that's a, 
Graham question, is it? What happens, you know, like there is something so magical about it, like you said, is it the nostalgia or is it a combination of the nostalgia, the flavour, the the barbaric caveman in us or or what what is it about? Yeah, well, maybe it's it's like, you know, DNA code, like maybe there is something there. But I I think there is definitely nostalgia in it. Like I, I find nostalgia in it often, you know, there's still times where like I'll put my Nana's potato salad on as a side or my mum's tomato and cucumber salad. Like a lot of it comes from back then still for me. So yeah, definitely nostalgia. And at the end of the day, if it's cooked properly, like, you know, the smoky, grilly, delicious, like people just friggin' love it. Mm. Like, I even love I, the smell right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're sitting here in the restaurant um, yeah, which is yeah, it's sort of pretty like, loose term. Yeah, right? and we'll set, we'll have some photos up as well uh, to slide across and have a look at where Graham and uh, <laughs> Jen and Ben and the team are at. And it's um, it's pretty. Um, what would we call this? It's just a bit, everything's everywhere, and uh, but you're still yeah, it's, open. Um, it's worksite chic. Yeah, work I think is the yeah. is the look we've gone for yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And you've got the little cool room outside, so you're keeping everything fresh and delicious in there, which is like a trailer with a little cool room on the back, so yeah. you're doing all the right things. And the beer's nice and cold, so that's great. Yeah, yeah, there's still cold beer. Plenty okay. of margaritas, cold beer. Okay. What's Everyone's the sec- happy. What's the secret with all the sauces you make? Are they your thing? Yep. Yeah? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, I don't know, just over the years, you, I guess you start with a base recipe for something and you turn it into something you love. Like... You know, it's just, you, you know what it's like being a chef. You start maybe with someone else's recipe, but you don't end up with someone else's recipe. Yeah, it ends that's up, the good thing about cooking. Yeah, it, yeah, you know, you want a bit more cumin, you want a bit more sugar, you want a bit yeah. more vinegar, you just put it in there and you change it. Like, yeah. it's, it's that simple when you, you know, you start off knowing basic flavours, I guess, and you know where you want it to go. And if you want it hotter, you know it's as simple as putting some chilli in it. Maybe cayenne if you want something different. Yeah, it's a bit more smoky. <laughs> it's, so with that, now you've written an awesome book. What's the book called? Uh, it's called Red Hot and Smoking. Can we get that online? What do you buy that? Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, we have it online at our shop yep. on our website, the Stockpot website. Yeah. But um, New Holland Publishers is the publisher and they have it on their website as well. And you're in the process of writing another one in amongst cleaning up floods. Yeah, stuff? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, always writing another book. Like, yeah. I just, I'm mad for writing the recipes. Yeah. Getting them down, put a little story with them. You mentioned your website just then, because I admire what you did there and you've got all these sources and stuff. And tell me, is that going crazy or what's going on there? Yeah, certainly before the floods. Um, but we've been making all our uh, rubs and sauces in-house, packaging them here, and we just haven't had the facility since the floods. So we've kind of had to put a bit of a bit of a hold on that for the minute. But um, previous to that, they, they were starting to go crazy. It was starting to get to the point where we were looking at getting them out in other shops, mm. like being able to, you know, bulk up supply so um, we, could, we could make that a little bit of a bigger thing. So... I mean, I'm not trying to push you here like a dick, but if you bought the book and you and you got some sauces, you'd be pretty right to get started at home. Absolutely. Well, the sauce, uh, sorry, the book <coughs> actually has most of the sauce and rub recipes from the restaurant anyway. You right. don't even need to buy it. 
So it's like Colonel yeah, Sanders giving his secret herbs and spices. Yeah, what yeah. Done, like um, honestly, like <laughs> I've I've always thought like I, I've worked with so many chefs who, you know, they they won't even tell people in the kitchen what their recipe is for something. Yeah, and it's like, you know, they're going to go to the grave with it. Oh, and, and, and that's, that's not like good. what? Who? who What's who, the point? Who gets to share it then? No, nah, that's who, shit. Who gets to keep you loving know, it? Actually, like it, it just seems like a shit theory to me. I so know. I'm more than happy. Like the amount of people who have asked me for recipes in the, and they're like, oh, I, you know, I know you wouldn't, but I'm going to ask. <laughs> I'm like, grab a pen, mate. Like, let's jot it down. Yeah, you think it's actually... Uh... Pe- people are blown away. Yeah. No, like I'll share whatever. Good. That's a great philosophy for life. But um, the, the, the fact of it is, though, like so many people will get recipes off me, but you know they're still back two weeks later buying the sauce that they just got a recipe for, you know, like... <laughs> A, a lot of people don't have the time or the inclination, yeah, to to do this stuff at home themselves. Uh, actually, another good friend of mine, Tony Kelly, he has a half a dozen, or well, he has a lot of restaurants up the coast, and he has all of his recipes on a, on a, on an app, of, and and some of the chefs are like, why are we doing this? He's going to leave, have access to our, our recipes, and he's like, mate. The recipe is one thing, but actually pulling it together yeah. is a completely another thing. It's like the heat level, the this. Well, and that. I actually have. I have a um, website slash blog thing. Yeah, um, oh, the blog, yeah, that's one. Yeah, it's yeah. called foodisthebestshitever.com. Um, but that, I literally, that's got, oh, God, I don't know, like five or 600 recipes on it. Like, it, it literally has everything. Um, and there was even a short stage there where I was making videos at home yeah. during COVID when I had a bit of bit of time on my hands and so yeah. a lot of them even have like a little instructional video yeah nice you just film them by yourself yeah yeah reels jen? reels dodgy there yeah. was a couple with jen in them actually yeah. jen like full spanner in the works she was just running interference the whole time like absolutely <laughs> loving it but um that that was one of the things i actually got asked the most was when's jen coming back yeah right. like people were well, she's your back we're yeah? just just loving <laughs> seeing me tormented on film i think <laughs> Um, oh yeah, she's absolutely the backbone, mate. Right? Yeah, yeah, she's great. Um, yeah, uh, when are we? I think we should start another business, unless you have already. What about the big red, big red outdoor barbecue, mate? Have you got your own barbecue yet? My own barbecue. Yeah, that you sell. Design. Have one. It was fucking oh, average. Dear Heston. good lord. It was fucking horrible. I have one in my house. It's fucking the most ridiculous thing in the world to clean, and it's going fucking in the bin as soon as I can. You know, get a couple more days out of it to make it a dollar a day. Yeah, go and get yourself a Weber. Yeah, Weber's the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, do it. Best, best startup barbecue, mate. Yeah, right. Okay. You can do heaps of things on them. But been around for years. Have you seen that? There's, a, there's a few getting around now. They look like almost like a bar table, but potentially square, and they've got yeah. fire in the middle and yeah. da da. I think the most important thing for uh, you know, well, not the most important thing, but one of the most important things for me is it's got to be easy to clean. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when are you going to – would that be something you'd do? Uh, listen, if that's an offer to bankroll the project, yeah. then well, fuck it, let's go. Scarlett, you in? Yeah. You got a pen and paper? Well, well you just, just signed make a little. You actually don't know what no. you just signed a minute ago. <laughs> make a little picture now, <laughs> hey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that'll work fine. Yeah, because I think there's a market there. Okay, tell me about the meat that you use. How do you select the meat? How do you select the wood? How do you, select, <clears> how do you make the smoke? How does it all happen? Uh, well, meat – I, I guess you try a few brands. Um, for us, I mean, my my big theory earlier on when we were smaller, I, I would try and use local for everything. 
But the fact of the matter is like, you know, especially with our brisket now, we just go through so much a week that for consistency of product, like I have to go to the bigger brands. Is it grass or grain or? It's grain, yeah, yep. grain-fed Angus. Yep. Um, which definitely, well, I say definitely, but everyone has their own opinion on how that mm. works. I, I feel it's a better product at the end, heaps more consistent. Yeah. Um, so that's just what works for us. Uh, same with, you know, our pork. It, it's just shop around and you try some of the, the stuff that you have available and find out what works for you. Right. Okay. So you chop your own trees down, you've got your own forest. And then no. Does that forest offset the cows eat methane or something or if there's some sort of Whoa. firewoody thing going on there. Shit the bed on. I don't know about that, mate. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to have to leave that one for someone else as well. That's two questions you need to get answered by yeah, someone else yeah, so okay. far. Rather than down, does yeah, the yeah, trees for the firewood um, offset the carbon in the cows? Whoa. Uh, no, we have a good local wood supplier. He, um, he, he really does work hard to get us what we need. And we only use um, like old fully seasoned iron bar. And that's, that's another, I guess, you know, there, there's places out there that will use different woods and fruit woods even for different flavors. But one thing I really like about the iron bark is it is that nostalgia thing. It's fully reminiscent of the old, you know, camp barbecue. It's old Australian hardwood. You know the smell. Yeah, I think that's like, one we can smell now. It's, it? <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it, yeah, it's inescapable. Yeah. Um, so that's what we use. And there was the third question that I've forgotten. Uh, me too. Yep. So you got Great. the wood. Done. You got the meat. Yep. You got the, 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 the talent from when you're, and when you're a, a kid. seasoning goes in there. A seasoning. Let's talk about seasoning. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if... Maybe when you were younger, you know, when your mum used to cook steak and veggies for dinner, like my my mum hates me talking about her cooking. And, yeah, all right, let's not do it. She, you know, when your auntie used to cook steak yeah. and veggies for dinner, <laughs> and you go yeah. over there and like my my mum seemed to have an aversion to putting salt and pepper on stuff before. Like yeah, right. So it was only when it hit the plate. But when when you eat a piece of meat and it's you know it's just been grilled or smoked or whatever. Like, you know, sure, it's a nice flavour, but the salt and with a lot of these rubs, the bit of sugar that goes into them, like they're all the, the flavour enhancers that are really going to amplify that shit in your mouth. Mm. And just like that, that's what a lot of people don't understand. <clears throat> like one of the big differences about home cooking versus restaurant cooking is your seasonings. Like chefs generally... Oh, not even generally, but a lot of chefs and cooks know how to use seasoning and they know how to season stuff properly. And that's where it just, yeah, 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 Salt Bay, go for it. <laughs> if, you, if you could see this guy across from me right now. Um, yeah, but that's that's where the, the flavour really comes into it. So we've got the, the, the wood, the meat, the rub, the sauces we touched on, but yep. that's uh, a bit of a thing and you can buy your sauce anyway. But what, what's the secret of the sauce and how does that, how do you get it in the meat? You know, like a lot of it, or is it inside the meat? Because you, you marinate No, I'm, I'm more of a sauce on the side kind of guy. Okay. So, so rub, uh, then sauce on the side. Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, more of a, I, I guess, 
if you want a bit of sauce or you want a lot of sauce. Like, I, I just like a, a little bit, you know, and I like with barbecue, a lot of it is, is quite rich. Yes. And I like to have a good um, tangy sauce, yes. okay. like a, a vinegar sauce for pork and a tangy barbecue sauce for brisket. Will we classify the other pickled vegetables as a part of the sauce or will we call that a condiment? What are we going to call that? Yeah, that's another you, you can necessary... certainly call that a condiment, but it's another thing that I find essential with barbecue. Yeah. Like I, mind you, I did grow up with German and Polish grandparents, so I was pretty much getting fed pickles out of the jar when I was a, a baby. So yeah. it's something I, I can't deal with not having anyway. So. Yeah, okay. But with barbecue, must. You know, there's nothing better than when you pull a brisket out and you just get that nice fatty slice and you put it in a slice of white bread, a little bit of raw onion, some pickles, maybe a couple of pickled jalapenos, and, like, it is just fucking magical. Like, Is that brown or red onion? just want to get that clarified. Oh, yeah, I just go the brown onion. Yeah, like right. the, okay, the, good, good. I was hoping you'd say that. The honky-dory. Yeah. What about herbs? Do we use fresh herbs like salsa verdes, anything like that? Like, is there well, a... quite often, well, when I say quite often, in the new version of our sort of <laughs> little restaurant here, uh, we've been doing a lot of grilled chicken mm -hmm. because we don't have fries. Normally, we're fried chicken all the way. Oh, uh, yeah, we're going to get the fried chicken. Um, too, yeah. So with the grilled chicken, uh, we have a big herb garden at home, so... Quite often I'll serve it with a salsa verde or at the minute we're doing a garnish and we're serving it with like a tomatillo salsa, tomatillo, coriander, red onion and jalapeno. So, <clears throat> yeah, like it's not just, I guess, American barbecue. Like often we'll do a bit of a Asian twist, like whether we do, you know, a piece of fish or a uh, whole grilled chicken and, you know, that'll have all the lemongrass and the kaffa lime and all the... Yeah. good stuff in its marinade and then it will get like a you know nyok nam or a nam jim on the side right so do you do, do you do much of that here yeah absolutely okay yeah right. love okay. it awesome it's it's some of my favorite that that crossover okay so now what's the, what's the other secret with the bread because that's another ingredient that often is in bread yeah <laughs> um soft white Bread. Perfect, thank you. That's, uh, that's, and, and that's and, all with barbecue. Like, you've got to think where it came. Like, you know, it's, it's slave food from the old days. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, good. It's like, and they would have shops that were smoking meat from the, the German immigrants would be smoking meat and it would have the little grocery store sort of attached to it and the, the cotton pickers and the, the poorer people would come by to grab something quick to eat and they'd grab, you know, the sliced hot meat a jar of pickles and a loaf of bread. Beautiful. And that was it. And that, Done. Is that, I had a little thing here to chat about history. Is that it? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Any other history you know about where all this started and came from? I know it came from campfires and just cooking meat, but is there any other story, folk stories or anything there? Interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, Not really? No, no I don't okay. really have much. Sorry. Okay. So we did the, the meat. We did the rubs. We did the wood. We did the, 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 the sauce the condiments and the bread and fire control is probably a right. huge one in there that's i think um you know if i could say something to people who wanted to get into barbecue the first thing you've got to be able to everyone do everyone wants to get into barbecue <clears throat> right and i want to talk about vegetarian stuff and dessert stuff as well but mm. i do believe there's still 
you know, like lots of people who just want to learn how to barbecue because yeah. we're, it's a little, it's nothing like driving a car that everyone just assumes I can do that. But this is still an art and that's why I'm breaking it down here. Yeah. So thank you for bringing up the fire. So please continue. Yeah, um, I'd recommend, you know, starting with cheaper cuts of meat, like your sausages and your chicken wings, and just working out how your particular barbecue or smoker sucks up wood, sucks up charcoal, what you have to do to keep a constant temperature, et cetera, et cetera, the smoke you like. What is the constant temperature? Uh, well, we work, because all the barbecues are, because it's an American thing, it's all still in Fahrenheit for us. And you'll notice that with a lot of barbecue cookbooks, etc. Yeah, that's good. So we go 275 F. 275. Which I reckon is about 130, 135, somewhere around there. Degrees Fahrenheit. Celsius. Celsius. Sorry, I yeah. Fahrenheit. Yeah. So uh, 275 Fahrenheit and uh, 135 uh, Celsius. And that's for, you know, your briskets, your pork ribs, your pork shoulders, that sort of stuff. Like, if if I was cooking chicken wings, I could, I could bump that up a bit and get them done a little faster, you know? Radio. What about, have you ever done, you do much whole stuff? Like a whole pig? Oh, yeah, whole pigs, often. Yeah? Yep. Um, and I, I have no, uh, another decent-sized smoker at home as well, so for a staff party, we'll get, you know, like a 25-kilo pig and splay it out, and that'll go in there all day. Yeah, that's magic. It's it's a totally different <clears throat> because you're getting meat from everywhere and chopping it together. So you've got the fatty belly and you've got the yeah, right. you know, like it it really does make a difference to what you're eating at the end. Like it yeah, I saw it's it's awesome. I saw something on one of those Netflix things, probably Netflix barbecuey thing. Um, some lady or family were doing barbecued whole pigs. as was came some ridiculous business for basically catering. They were yeah. bang and they'd deliver the whole cooked pig somewhere. Yeah. Is that a thing? I'm sure it is. And then two, oh, especially, we started two businesses here today. We've got the barbecue business and the whole pig delivery. Especially business. in America. In the South, there's yeah. places that just specialise in whole yeah. hog. Have you done any American trips? No. It was on the list for last year, actually, but right there was that um, COVID thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's talk fried chicken, then talk desserts. But let's talk fried chicken because that comes before dessert if there is a dessert and vegetarian stuff. Yeah, for sure. So tell me about the fried chicken. What is the secret, man? Because I've had it a few times and I've managed to stand out the back of your kitchen for long enough that you just brought me food because you thought this guy must be hungry. <laughs> homeless, <laughs> homeless and hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, he uh, looks like this guy I knew once. Talk, <laughs> talk to Chris, talked about crispy eggs with him. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I like his face. Feed <laughs> yeah, him some chicken. Little, I think I look like you, but I don't. Um, so, yeah, so the crispy chicken, let's talk about the fried chicken. Uh, yeah, I don't know. When, when I was um, a wee little tacker in our hometown, of Albany and WA. There wasn't much in the way of takeaway there. Is uh, that near Dog Rock? That's the town that Dog Rock is oh, in. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Climbed, up, climbed that rock a couple of times. Yeah, I bet. Um, but our favourite takeaway as kids was the old KFC. And I always thought it would be awesome to be able to cook KFC. Yeah. So uh, when we took over at the Bolo at Bangalore, they wanted, you know, the traditional bolo menu, which didn't really, you know, sort of tickle my fancy that much. I can feel you. Um, so instead of doing a schnitzel, I decided I was going to do fried chicken. And it literally just went from there. So we do like, um, 
we do a crispy fried chicken, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more of a, like the, the actual coating for it is more of a Japanese style, like the karyage. Mm. Uh, and it's a twice cooked number, so that helps with crispiness. Okay. Also helps with the pre-prep. So the twice cooking, what's the first part of that? Is it a... Uh, the first cook is at a lower temp. Uh, until so it's, it's fried, but still. Yep. So it's until fried, it's cooked basically. through. Yep. And then a second cook to crisp high, it right up. High temperature. Yep. Right. Um, and then it comes down to the seasoning. Like we brine it at the start. But what I find with a lot of fried chicken around the place, and believe me, like you know, I search that shit out. Um, <laughs> people, people, because there's salt in the brine beforehand. That's. People think that's enough, and it comes back to that seasoning thing we were talking about yeah. before. But we hit it with our crack seasoning at the end as well, and that's what really gives it some. Once again, you know, the recipe for the fried chicken's in the book, the cracked chicken's in the book, the seasoning's in the book, the fucking whatever you want, it's in the book. How, at the moment, how much are you open here? Are you open every day? Uh, no, at the minute we're just doing Wednesday to Friday dinners and Friday lunch. Just because there's workers in here every day. So we came on the wrong day. And it's um, just a shit fight. Right. Tell me about some vegetarian things. Like, are we doing, because I want to do a video and I'm going to give a secret away here to somebody else who'll do it now. Um, <laughs> uh, like of me hunting with a wooden pretend gun and shooting cauliflowers and then Love it. bringing it back like on a stick like you would an yep. animal, like a half a dozen cauliflowers. So you start. Zucchini, like you've just caught some duck or Start something. with cauliflower. Like I season it with um, our pig rub, which is more of a, uh, it has a little bit of sugar in it. it has oh, for a second, I was imagining a pig and you a little, no, no, found the side of it. A little bit more spice and a bit of cumin in there. Season it with that, smoke it until it's fully like. So the smoky gets into the penetration. <laughs> yeah. Is that where some of the flavor goes yeah, in the middle? Absolutely. Uh, and smoke it till it's fully like a good brown co- color. And then I wrap it with olive oil until it's cooked and then that gets rough chopped onto uh, hummus, cauliflower, um, harissa, like just totally cover it with harissa, a few fresh herbs, it's friggin' amazing. Um, You know, the pumpkin I was telling you about earlier, whole pumpkin until it's all soft, open it up, take the seeds out, put your knife through it a few times, tahini dressing, fresh pomegranate, once again, some almonds. Any whiteness there, like a yogurt or a oh, sour cream? Yeah, you can yogurt on, mate. Yeah, yeah, splash yeah. it on, oh. mate. Right, yeah. That's I what l- I do at home. Love, I do. It, love a good yogurt dressing. I actually, I actually in the oven, because I haven't got a good barbecue, mm. thank you, Heston. Uh, I, um, well, you got a good I, picture I, of I, one I, there. I, I, cut a, um, I cut a Jap in half, cut the bottom off and so it stands up, and then I, and I sort of actually take the seeds out, put them on the tray mm. so they go crispy. Then... Um, olive oil garlic in there yeah. and I do the same with the butternut but you scoop out where the seeds are there and then you crisscross a little bit and you put the garlic in the uh, olive oil in there and you keep lifting it up so you have the the seed cavity at the front of the oven so you can just lift it up yep. and the oily stuff z- yep. zips down those yeah, cracks fantastic and then then and then the whole cauliflower thing which I was I guess it's a smoke I can never penetrate enough flavor inside of it but um, yeah that's probably what I'm missing there zucchinis yeah. You did mention as well, like we um, at home, whenever we have a barbecue, um, sliced zucchinis, like just um, olive oil, salt and pepper, grill them like over the coals. And then while they're still warm, put them in a a bowl, 
a little bit of sliced garlic, a bit of red wine vinegar, olive oil, fresh mint, and then your little bit of goat's cheese or your sheep's feta or whatever on top. Absolutely amazing. Capsicum? That's throwing this at you. Yeah, no, like, well, that's, you know, when I make harissa, the capsicum go over the, over the coals hole, and that's Blistered with chilies, with onion, with garlic, all whole, all just burn the absolute shit out of them on the outside, and then soften them up in the middle, put them in the blender, giddy up. Put them in the blender? Yeah, a bit of cumin, a bit of coriander. Serve that with? Perfect. Well, that's, um, that's my cauliflower sauce. Ah, oh, okay. Mm. Crackalaka. Okay. What about desserts, man? What desserts have yeah, to well, fire well? Um, cheesecake's a biggie. Really? Cheesecake in the weather. Yeah. That's, uh, that's quite huge um, around the traps at the minute. But Jenny will often do, you know, she'll bake like a, a rhubarb crumble or something in the Weber when we're, when we're cooking barbecue. Another cracker is actually just um, apples, like Granny Smith apples. Core them and just put a slit around the circumference. Yes. Just so they don't, so they so they don't burst. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then stuff the middle with like dried fruit and nuts. Yeah. And... Just um, smoke them until they're cooked. Tell me about cabbage. Now this is a cabbage. Yeah, this is a probably oh, one of the favourite. I fucking love cabbage on yeah, the grill. So the cabbage. Now I, I've I've seen some amazing cabbage things. So mm. impress me with cabbage. Well, one of my favourites in the minute, and I think it's the actually the latest recipe on the blog is a charred cabbage Caesar. So pretty chunky wedges, and just olive oil, salt, pepper, and grill the sides of it until. Yeah, so uh, at home I've got a perilla so I can raise the actual cooking surface. Yes. So um, grill the, the two two faces of it until they get some colour on it. Yeah. But it's still got a little bit of crispness in the middle. Yeah. Chop it up, usual culprits, you know, some chopped egg, some crispy fried chicken skin. Do you season that parmesan. first part? Do you season the thing first or after? Yeah, a bit of salt and pepper and olive oil on the start. Right, so, yep. okay, yep. Uh, and then a Caesar dressing, and it's absolutely magic. Like, it, it's one of those things that always gets a bit of an eyebrow raise. You're like, people are like, oh, grilled cabbage. Yeah. Don't know if I like that. Yeah, when we did the box. You know, my mum wouldn't touch it. She'd just be like, oh, no, I don't like that. No, mashed potato for me. <laughs> um, I um, saw a thing. I was lucky enough to go to that Port Douglas Food and Wine Festival, and... Uh, I've forgotten his name. What's his name? I, I, I am seen. Yeah, I am for um, somebody, Gerard, <laughs> um, Adam, Wolfers, and he did this cabbage, and it was. Um, and I was that, just, that dude's got skills. He I does. Love that place. He does. Yeah, and, that's um, one of my favourites in Brisbane. And I, he was doing this cabbage, and I was thinking, I don't know about this. And mm. all the way through it, I'm making awesome jokes, making everyone laugh, and but he seasoned it after. As opposed to before, so he really cooked it slow, charred it, and this was hard to do because all he did at the start of the, the demonstration was cut a cabbage and put it on the sink, yeah. and then we had to wait. Go and have so, a cigarette. So then, the, <laughs> then that's when I had to talk, and the whole audience was like, "Okay, what's going on?" But then we went through these spices and he put this spice on it. Anyway, I didn't actually have it because you let the audience, you know, have it, rah hmm. rah. And um, then, then I went away and came back, and there was still a little bit of this cabbage there. I had some blew my mind it's about amazing, how, right? how good that is mm. when you add add the spice. So. Yeah, I forgot about cabbage and we had to talk oh. about that. 
So you've got a little, little flood here, as we mentioned earlier, and everyone knows about the devastation <laughs> of Lismore. And, you know, <laughs> you, know, you, you, know you, can, you can say little and, and, and we can all... As, as that's an angry laugh, by the way, guys. Um, and it's gone over the roof of this place and into the second level of the place next door. Yeah, so it goes... So you can see there's four steps up to the next level and then there's another level on top of that and it went a full, like, 50 centimetres into that level. Yes. So, so whole, what whole you did as a bit of a community service, you know, you put yourself last and within seconds of the water going down, you did something really generous. And, and I think... I, I, I don't know if I put myself last. I think I immediately went into survival mode and survival mode for me is cooking. Yes. Like I... I mean, I certainly saw that there was heaps of starving people dragging their life's work out of their shops and just shit situations left, right and centre and no hot food and, you know, meals were getting shipped out, ready-made meals and people didn't have a friggin' oven or a microwave to even cook them with. No power, no gas. So then it was just like, well, fuck, let's... Let's go to the butcher, like the closest butcher. And we went and, you know, he had shit all meat, but we went and got everything he had and immediately, like, we, we cleaned the perilla out, fired it up out of the front here and just said, you know, if you're, if you're hungry, <laughs> come and grab something to eat. And there was so many people here. It was, it was just phenomenal. So then it was like, well, we, we got to do this more <laughs> and bigger <laughs> and a lot more. So then we just, I, I guess, yeah, we just hit it. We hit the go button, put full throttle on and, um, yeah, just into it. We had, you know, um, barbecue teams and restaurants and butchers from Brisbane come down, bring me meat, come down, offer their time. Like I, I had so many people staying at our house just cooking barbecue overnight on the smoker at home. So we had barbecue to serve people in the day. Yeah. We had um, one of the local church groups, like the minister, he, he was here from bloody start to finish every single day. Like absolutely amazing. Just smashing burgers, smashing sausages. Like, just like, I, I haven't even got words, yeah. you know, it was just friggin' amazing. Like he was just here and just into it and for as long as we were here he said he was going to be here um yeah it was just an amazing thing i guess um people needed hot meals and you know people were so thankful and then by the end of the probably second week you know we had supplies coming in from casino meatworks so we were those first couple of weeks like there were days where we fed like 1500 people plus you know, like we had 10 people in here, just people chopping slaw, people making salads, people bloody, you know, putting platters together. <clears throat> and it was just phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. It was outrageous. Like this, yeah, I'd, I need to go back to school for a while to have proper words for it. <laughs> um, what's, what's changed since then? What's changed since the flood in you? In me? Yeah. Um, 
I'm, that, prob- that, that, I'm probably a bit tired, huh? Yeah. <laughs> now, that experience of, you know, working with the community and seeing what happened and bringing people together, did that have a... Oh, you know, it definitely... And you know what? Like, just... It... I, I guess it made me feel a bit bad about... Or a bit sad about the local government effort, you know, like... <clears throat> like, it took them so long to hit the ground while people were fucked. Like, just lost everything, sleeping in a fucking tent, no food, no power, no gas. And just to watch the people that came here just to help every day. And especially the, like, like I said, the church group, the minister from the start here every day and every day he had more people rock up. People were driving up from like friggin you know, yammer and shit with fuel for us, for our generators, so that we could have a fridge because we needed, a, you know, somewhere to store meat. People were, you know, coming up from there, coming down from Brisbane with meat for it. Like, it, it was just, it, it really does make you realise, oh, I don't want to sound cliched, but just the community coming together. That was really cliche, man. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but it was just such an amazing yeah. thing to watch in such a shit time. Like, you know, it, yeah, just people who've lost everything will still come. Still come and help you out for a day to try and make it better for someone else. What's the future for Lismore? Yeah, well, that'll be your third not Graham question. <laughs> It's Graham and Graham today here right. on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> some listen, questions we won't get answered. Listen, mate, I'm um, yeah, I'm no Nostradamus. I'm ooh. yeah. It's I mean, you drive around town now, you see it, it's still really quite sad because so many buildings are boarded up, so many places are falling sideways, and you know they're going to get knocked down. So many other places like old heritage buildings and shit, with big, you know, like the demolition teams fencing up around them and stuff, and you just what can people do now? Like we're past the first bit of the cleanup and the news has gone away and the cameras are not here anymore and there's still a lot to do. Is it, what, what, what can people do now? Yeah, that's a tough one. Mm. It really is. I don't know. How can we help? Well, you could open another restaurant in town. Yeah. People are really gagging for a hot meal and a beer at the minute. <laughs> They, um, people still want to go out and just forget about it for a minute. Yeah. Uh, listen, now I think it's just up to the people who can build things. Okay. You know, like, I, I really think, like, this is what I do. So even at the start, you know, like, I'm in these situations, you kind of got to play to your strengths, I guess. So I'm, I'm you know... I can't drive a tractor or anything to get rid of your junk, but I can cook your dinner. Mm. So that, that's been our biggest, biggest project, I guess. And just remember we have a family and stuff as well and mm. <laughs> try and keep all that afloat. Um, but, yeah, now it's just we just got to rebuild. Okay. That's, that's, that's it. Like, got an idea how I can help. Yep. You know how you have your wind-up? barbecue so you can control the heat yep i've decided that we need to build the restaurant again when we build it 
and build it the same. So when a flood comes, we can roll it up so it gets higher out of the water. <laughs> just a false floor, you <laughs> yeah, reckon? Yeah, we just wind it up. Well, I, I think oh, that's magic, dude. Um, <laughs> you, you said you focus get my vote. on you get your my skills, vote. right? Yep. You could cook. Yep. I come up with ridiculous ideas. <laughs> well, I think this time, well, I know for us certainly, this time as it all gets rebuilt, it's all in the forefront of our brain and like we've made a really conscious effort to keep it there that next time this floods we want to be able to rip the fucker out fast and do it so you know we we've already committed to getting a car trailer and making sure our restaurant is can can all fit into the car trailer so yeah flood disaster so type pull plan. it up yeah, yeah push it all in there yeah everything else like all the bar and stuff's going to be made out of stainless steel screwed to the ground screwed to the walls False fronts, we'll rip them off. The water can flow through. It can have a good old time. Mm. Like, honestly, I won't ever mind. Yeah. And then we'll gurn it all off and bloody crack back on. Yeah. But it just makes you think about everything, you know, like even all our, all our tabletops were wooden and mm. they all went under and they're all shit. Mm. So we took all them off and now we have Perspex tabletops. So these are not ours. Right. These are a loner. Yeah, okay. As he taps a wooden tabletop, folks. <laughs> oh, I thought it was when you said personal. I was like, fuck it, it looks like wood to me. Yeah, <laughs> look outside, mate. Look outside. Oh, beautiful. Um, well, yeah, my barbecue building, it touched on desserts. Did we touch on desserts? Not really. Yep. Yeah, we did. Yep. Cheesecakes, remember? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my mind, I was waiting for you to tell me about a blackened orange in the fire when we had some sort of Ooh. Jaffa thing going down. You know what else is really good and really simple? Just whole pineapples hung above the coals. Oh, yeah, you see it all the time. You know, yeah. you can, As a dessert? Yeah, and even if you put a little bit of sugar on them and just, you know, pour a bit of rum over them just as you're about to serve them. Num, 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 num. Who else in the industry do you love? Oh, everyone. Thank you. Good to Everyone. Answer. Like, yeah. come on, like everyone in this industry is just working hard for their money and... Um, Quite often, it's a it's a pretty loveless industry, and so I I just I got to tip my hat to people who make food for other people. Yeah, I, I think I think it's great. Sustainable tips? Anything you're doing in your restaurant? You think, fuck, why haven't I been doing that for years? I'm not using Glowdrop anymore. I'm using this, or I'm not doing that anymore. I'm doing this. Anything there that we can give tips to other restaurants to maybe help there? No, get chooks. Take all your food scraps home. Feed your chooks and your pigs. Beautiful. Yep. That's our big one. Feed your pigs and yeah. your chooks, guys, in the city. We um, or just generally compost. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We we save a lot of bin money with having way too many chooks. Right. But my kids eat way too many eggs, so it's kind of worked out. Okay. <laughs> right. Love that. So so compost. That's your your tip for that. Um, how are you looking after yourself, mate, right now? Uh, drinking a lot of coffee. <laughs> um, um, ha- just uh, <laughs> pass. <laughs> yeah, all right. yeah, hard pass. So, um, how how do you look after your team and motivate your team? Um, just by being you, done. Okay. No, nah, we we have a lot of staff parties. Yeah, we right. we like to get together as a team, and we like to take everyone out for you know, dinner or drinks or have a barbecue at our place and get everyone together. We've always had a really good team here 
um, which is the kind of the suckiest bit about the flood for us. Well, no, it can't be the suckiest, but it's definitely up there because the team we had pre-flood was the strongest it's ever been and everyone was really close. Um, and obviously people have to go out and get jobs to pay bills when you're out of action for whatever, three or four months. So uh, not everyone will be able to come back. Uh, if you it, just a couple of random questions that I like asking random people, but if you had a big billboard, what would you put on it? Every day is a good day. Fuck. <laughs> you said about cliche before. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, um, mate, where can where can people find you? What's your social media? Uh, so it's Stockpot Kitchen for Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Foodisthebestshitever.com is my blog book. Book, Red Hot and Smoking, you can get it on our website, you can get it on New Holland Publishers' website. Um, all our rubs and sauces should be available within the next month on our website again. Who do you want to thank? Oh, just everyone, especially, I guess, Jenny, like, you know, don't want to do the cliche thing again. <laughs> My family, yeah, you yeah, know, it's yeah, Jenny, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, kids. Yeah. Like, they, they're still there, even though, like, th this time has been super hard. Yeah. Yeah, my mum, yeah. my brother. Like, my, my little brother's just always been a fiend for supporting me. And, you know, my, my, my old head chef, Paul, every chef I've ever worked with, all the people in this barbecue industry that have come together, fundraised, helped, you know, there, there's so many. Good. So but, friggin' many. And that's where I was going to end it. But I just want to say, I forgot to talk about your competitions that you won. Is that a, tell me about the, the competitions and stuff quickly and then we'll. Well, competition up. barbecue is a thing, which yeah. is enough of a surprise for most people. Yeah. <laughs> when so, is it going to be in the Olympics? Yeah, really. <laughs> um, I guess it's just like, uh, you know, uh, a food cooking competition. Um, yeah, you get told what proteins you're going to cook and you have a time they have to be handed in. Yep. And we cook them the best we can. Everyone has their own little secret rubs and sauces and injections well, and brines. all over the fucking internet. What do you yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a little bit something else that goes in uh, it once, once it comes to yeah. competition. There's, um, do you have like a spice rack in your beard that has a little yeah. special yeah, yeah, yeah. thing? Yeah, I just I give it a nudge. A little bit of MSG yeah, falls yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it's a countrywide thing. Yeah. We, we like to get, the best? get in the car. Oh, well, <laughs> no, my guys at um, a place called Blue Bear Barbecue in Warwick. Right. They, they won the national championship last year and they're, they, they do good. Like that's, that's a place, you know, you. Because the meat's so fresh and they sort of just harvested <laughs> yeah, it in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, yeah, in one door. Yeah. Like I definitely suggest going there. Yeah, right. Okay. You know, really good, really good food and super nice people. What about in Brizzy? Where should we get barbecue when we can't come to Lisbon? You should definitely go to Barbecue Mafia. Right, yeah. Like, yeah, just go there. Okay, done. Full stop. Yep. That's like um, between those two guys and a couple of other restaurants south of here, like it, it's some of the best barbecue you will eat in Australia with, without fail. Right. I'm not even just being nice because I think they're Have you listed them on your website? Not yet. No. 
Mate, thank you. Absolute pleasure. It really is a it pleasure. Was, uh, no, it was a nice little break-up of my morning, yeah, to be yeah. absolutely honest. And, uh, and I, I literally texted you, I think, the week before the flood, obviously, and I said, hey, I want to get you on the podcast. And then we've cancelled it and rebooked it and cancelled it and rebooked it. Uh, so it's awesome. That'd be fun. I got to do it. You're a good man. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, guys. What an inspiring story that was. Graham deserves a medal. If you like that podcast as much as what we did, share it with your friends and family because we're aiming to educate and inspire people through the joy of real food. Thanks. See you next time.